0: Welcome to CII Podcasts.
1: Hello everyone, this is Jayan Sriram and I'll be hosting this episode for you. Welcome to another interesting episode of the CII Podcast. And today's topic for discussion is startups fostering innovation and growth in India. The dynamic spirit and disruptive potential of startups continue to shape the future, driving positive change and unlocking new opportunities for progress and prosperity of the country. In the wake of India's ambitious mission towards Vikasit Bharat by 2047, it is imperative to recognize the pivotal role startups and unicorns play in driving innovation, creating employment opportunities, and stimulating economic growth. Let's welcome our guest for this episode, Kunal Bell, Chairman, CIA National Startups Council, and co founder, Snap Deal, and Titan Capital. Thanks for making the time today for us, Punal, and thank you for joining us on the CIA podcast.
0: Thank you, Jent. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, We're looking forward to a very fascinating discussion ahead. Um, So to start with a kind of a broad question, how do you view the current startup ecosystem in India and where do you see it going in the near future? Let's start with that.
0: Sure. So, you know, obviously, I've been involved with the startup ecosystem for over 17 years now. Uh, At a time when, in 2007, when I started my company, there were about 5 million internet users in India and now we have close to 1 billion. So having seen the entire arc of the entire startup ecosystem practically being built out, and all the investors and founders and business models and regulations that have come and gone in this journey, uh, one thing is for sure that the startup ecosystem has definitely arrived for good. Uh, From, If you look at the progress that we made as an ecosystem just in the last 10 years, in 2014, we had, you know, give or take 2014-15, we had 350 uh, DPID registered startups in the country. Now we have you know, over 110,000 such startups that are registered. And there are obviously many that are not registered either because they're too large or they haven't registered themselves yet. And so the, the number in reality is probably even larger. That's a that's a growth in geometric progression that has happened just in a very, very narrow time period of eight to 10 years. At the signal of the excitement that exists in the country, the opportunity that exists in the country, and the fact that the smartest people in the country, irrespective of their age, are saying that, look, I want to take destiny in my own hands. I, I have an ambition to create something, create disruption, create something out of scratch, and the necessary ecosystem Whether it's connectivity, capital, you know, relevant talent, mentorship, all the ingredients are now available to to build lasting, enduring companies. So needless to say, you know, there is really no sector of the country, no, practically no district of the country that is now um, not not untouched by the startup ecosystem and, and by startups at large. And while we call them startups today, eventually the, uh, the largest companies, the, the most enduring companies of the future are likely going to come out of this ecosystem. So
1: it's really an exciting time to be building in India. Thank you for that answer. I think that was very well articulated. Um, and of course, it's a, there's a great amount of positivity surrounding startups um, in India. Um, you are a strong believer in the potential and promise of India and how young businesses have the chance of a lifetime from what Bharat has to offer. Could you share more about how you see startups contributing to this vision of Vikshit Bharat over the next two decades and beyond? Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: look, as, as we all know that India is a very young country, but it's also a very connected country. And obviously that has provided the necessary rails. Oftentimes in India, people ask, Nowadays, especially because India is such a bright, global, macro hotspot, uh, you know, bright spot uh, in the global landscape. People are obviously, sometimes they show skepticism, Where they will say, look, India is a country that has always had a lot of potential. Why is it that uh, it'll be any different this time? Because every time we think India is now going up, there is something that happens that pushes us back. And and there's been a lot of this one step forward, two steps back that has happened historically. While we did continue to make progress, it was never as per the potential that everyone thought India had. So why is it different this time? And the reason it is different this time is technology. Because now we have the rails, uh, which is the entire India stack, which is UPI, Aadhaar, the health stack, etc., etc., which is ensuring that there is seamless connectivity, uh, governance, Transparency and governance has gone up. Uh, Meritocracy has gone up. Like you could be, you know, two 20 year old sitting in Ranchi and you have a brilliant idea. You can now build a startup in Ranchi.
1: That could have never happened before
0: the country was so connected where you could find customers, whether they're businesses or individuals sitting in any corner, farthest corners of the country. So uh, it is obviously different this time. And and it is also uh, clear that the startups of of the first generation, uh, which was about 10-12 years ago when I was starting up, it was a lot about business models that were transplanted from the US or the Western markets or China to India because there were some heuristics about how those businesses uh, got built. And so founders are mostly uh, bringing those business models to India and then investors are also mostly interested in only funding those business models because they were Proven in some other part of the country, some other part of the world, but now over a period of time, what we are seeing is that, you know, entrepreneurs are much more interested in India to solve for India problems, where, uh, or India opportunities, where everyone now appreciates that India is an incredibly heterogeneous country, it has incredible diversity and incredible opportunities and challenges which are very India-centric or India-specific and hence they require India-centric and India-specific solutions. And founders are creating, entrepreneurs are creating businesses, business models around these India-specific challenges and India-specific solutions. So oftentimes uh, global investors will ask that, oh, what is a comparable of this outside India? Like for instance, one of our businesses, Unicommerce. Uh, which provides software to run uh, online brands uh, for them to run their back-end, their supply chain. There aren't many businesses like that outside India. So investors would ask us some time back that, oh, tell us where else has this been done? And we were like, look, India has a very specific framework of how the e-commerce industry has gotten created, so you may not see many similar uh, businesses elsewhere. But That doesn't mean that a business like this should get built here here or can't get built here. So over a period of time, we've also seen that uh, entrepreneurs are now touching and solving for problems across the length and width of the country geographically, but across sectors also, whether it's agriculture, whether it's space, whether it's defense, whether it's consumer brands, logistics, so on and so forth. There is really no sector that seems to be untouched by uh, the startup ecosystem, and what that means is that these founders are actually injecting um, efficiency through technology, through better processes into every sector of the economy. So for Viksit Bharat, for India to be a developed country by 2047 in our lifetime, not in our children's lifetime or our grandchildren's lifetime, but in our lifetime, startups are going to play an, play an incredible role by increasing competitiveness, productivity, adoption of technology, and in general, uh, making the lifestyle of citizens in India a lot, lot, lot better.
1: Okay, thank you. That was uh, really interesting. Once again, um, I, li- I like the way that you sort of brought out the uh, the idea that startups are now not really following Western frameworks of businesses that they're importing, but really solving for solving for business challenges that have come up in an Indian context. You know, just to move on, innovation is inherent in the way of the working of any startup. Um, Could you share with us some examples of such innovation by startups that uh, have the potential to benefit the nation? I mean, we've touched upon it a little bit in the last answer, but perhaps we can talk about some specific examples. Yeah, sure. So
0: look at at Titan Capital, our investment firm, we've looked at thousands and thousands of companies over the last 13 years. We've backed about 280 of them and continue to invest in 15, 20 companies a year. Um, So we've seen a lot of very interesting ideas. the interesting thing is that a lot of the ideas when we fund seem very out of the box but over a period of time as they get adopted uh, they seem to be very mainstream and very obvious ones to give an example we were uh, the first investors in ola uh, which is the ride hailing company about um, you know 13 years ago we had invested in them in 2011 and back then they were doing five rides a day everyone thought that and why people were not funding that company or companies like them at that point time they said look if you need a taxi you can find a taxi uh, it's not you just it's a bit inconvenient but the challenge was that if uh, if something is so inconvenient to do offline in the physical world can technology make it a lot easier and thereafter hence increase the connectivity of people and their efficiency also where they don't have to wait for one hour to get a taxi Likewise, many companies such as um, you know the other company we backed was urban company where back then when they started, nobody thought that you could standardize blue collar workers coming to your house, but it was in hindsight, they've proven that not only have they standardized the service and improved the customer experience, but they've created a tremendous amount of employment for the blue collar you know skilled semi-skilled uh, blue collar workers, plumbers, electricians, beauticians, et cetera, and so on and so forth. We, we also see in technology how companies are using uh, AI and computer vision to do many interesting things like there's a company called Robot, which is essentially um, using computer vision to track hygiene practices in commercial kitchens where they can track if a food product that was dropped was that ever picked up and uh, used again as an example or if compliances like hair, wearing hair nets, etc are not being uh, adhered to. Similarly, you have companies using computer vision to track, you know, uh, dents in cars uh, for insurance, etc, cetera, et cetera. So as you can see that there are so many ways in which uh, startups are leveraging technology in doing day-to-day tasks or, or ensuring there is employment getting created for uh, people who otherwise would struggle to have, a, you know, just regular employment. It's also bringing a lot of trust into the uh, business setting where suddenly a lot of, um, you know, for the longest time when you could not trust an insurance assessor because, you know, it was based on their eyes judgment. Now, if they have to use technology, use a phone camera to assess whether their intent is there or it's not there, um, it's very incontrovertible suddenly. You don't have to take someone's word for it. It's all captured by... AI and and interpreted and and nobody has to apply their judgment as such. So in in many, many ways, whether it's, you know, in education, whether it's uh, transportation, whether it's healthcare, whether it's agriculture, across industries, technology and startups are playing an an incredible role. We are seeing in the world of space tech, India is becoming clearly a, a powerhouse where we are showing that we can do exactly what the Western countries have been doing for years and charging a lot. We can do it at a much lower cost at because of our India scale and our ingenuity in managing our cost structures better. We can do exactly the same, provide the exact same launch services but at a materially, materially lower cost. Um, so the examples are actually absolutely uh, endless but, um, but obviously Uh, more and more such founders are creating life-changing experiences. You know one more example that comes to mind is a company called Stamurai where for people who have some sort of speech disability um, where they stammer etc. AI is such an incredible way to solve for that because there's a pattern and they can be coached using the using the uh, using AI as to when do people stammer at what point do they stammer what type of exercises they should do to reduce the stammering so things that we can't even imagine uh, technology can solve um, we are seeing startups create great products to to solve them and and materially change the the quality of life uh,
1: for for people uh, across the country Thank you for that answer. Once again, I think those were all really interesting examples. So I just wanted to ask on a slightly related topic, the government has undertaken various measures to boost startups in India. Um, So what policy suggestions and recommendations would you propose to further stimulate the growth of entrepreneurship and, um, you know, foster more innovation and support and support startups in the country? Sure. Look, the government has already done quite a lot,
0: right? Firstly, they're good listeners, right? Like they've been listening to the startup ecosystem. I'm part of the National Startup Advisory Council, where we, as a group, offer suggestions and and uh, counsel to the government around startup policy and things that are roadblocks today for the growth of the startup ecosystem. Um, and we've always had a patient hearing there. Even from a CII standpoint, we've had various interactions with the government and various government bodies, and, um, and they've been always very, very receptive. There is a reason we've grown, grown from 350 startups to you know, 110,000 plus startups, because there is a general feeling permeated within the country that um, uh, you know, startups can be built, can be made successful, and all the enabling ecosystem does exist. Uh, there are a few things that the government has done specifically which have also catalyzed the, the domestic capital ecosystems, such as setting up the fund of funds uh, under SIDBI, about seven eight years ago, which has already backed about one hundred and forty domestic capital managers, because this concept of funding winter doesn't have anything to do with India's economy. It has to do with the dependence on foreign capital that our startup ecosystem has. And you know, having a mind, ha- having a thought process around that we need to deploy about five thousand crores every year going forward for a certain number of years till it starts coming back, gets replenished, and then it's self-perpetuating. Um, we currently have a ten thousand crore fund, but maybe we should. Given the success of that first, uh, uh, you know, uh, attempt at it, we must try and see if we can scale that up. Uh, also, you know, the Middle East is a great source of capital uh, for our startup ecosystem. Uh, we at CI have been doing a lot to activate that for our domestic um, startups. Uh, we also feel that maybe. I actually feel that maybe india should think about like how in the in the middle east they have you know fintech city etc we should have our media city internet city we should have an ai city in india and uh, it should have all the development of front-end applications back-end applications annotations all types of companies businesses research can be done there and some incentives can be provided for founders to set up uh, set up shop there one of the areas where we have uh, discussed uh, with the government in the past also, is uh, simplifying the taxation on ESOPs and making it more conducive for the employees, where currently the ESOPs, which are you a know, key wealth creation mechanism for um, the employees at startups who do take a risk to join and help build these startups. Currently, the taxation happens at the point of um, exercise of the ESOP, but at that point in time, they have not sold the share. And so they haven't received proceeds, and as a result, many employees don't end up exercising ESOPs, and then they end up lapsing, even though they have worked towards um, uh, work towards earning that compensation in some ways. Um, so these are some of the ideas. A lot has already been done. A lot is already being done, and there'll always be thoughts around what else uh, we can do. But here are here,
1: here are some of, some of the examples of things that we could do in, incrementally. Yeah, thank you once again. And to to build on that, uh, of course, those are very fascinating suggestions and points that that I think should be taken up. Um, But as chair of the CII National Startup Council, you've actively led various initiatives to support the startup ecosystem. Um, So could you share with us what specific initiatives have been undertaken under the CII National Startup Council um, to nurture the startup ecosystem in India?
0: Yeah, look, the CII through its National Startup Council has been actively involved in is bolstering this entrepreneurial ecosystem over the last few years by interfacing with the startup community and the state and center gov- uh, center governments and and as well as various other government related bodies. Um, and these are innovation. These are initiatives like open innovation, corporate accelerator program, you know, capacity building programs, and the startuppreneur awards. We've engaged with over twenty thousand startups and over 3,000 corporates in this uh, endeavor over the last three years. Uh, we also aim to shape policies by advocating for the recommendations put forth by the startups, accelerators, incubators to the government, as I'd spoken earlier. Um, we've also uh, you know worked with various senior ministers uh, for skill development, entrepreneurship, and in general, promoting uh, the recommendations that keep coming from our our members, uh, from the startup ecosystem. We've also been doing programs with various international governments um, and with a special emphasis on the Middle East, given we feel that given the uh, common uh, shared value system, given our diaspora, Indian diaspora in the Middle East and the interest of the Middle East uh, to do more business with India. uh, We have been, we've taken a delegation there uh, in the last few months we recently released a report uh, with the um, honorable um, commerce minister of india as well as the honorable foreign trade minister of uh, the uae which was about unlocking the opportunities in the india uae startup corridor um, so that was received uh, very very uh, very positively um, even from a, uh, you know post the honorable prime minister's trip to the us uh, a, a few months ago The U.S.-India innovation handshake was facilitated uh, by the CII in San Francisco uh, in November last year. And we're essentially solidifying a tech collaboration um, between the U.S. and India. Given all said and done, a lot of the innovation in tech traditionally has happened in the U.S. in Silicon Valley. However, the U.S. also appreciates the fact that a lot of the future innovation is and will be coming out of India. So our goal is not only to to advocate for the growth of the startup ecosystem through policy, but also be you know position India and India startup ecosystem as a as a very very attractive destination for global capital and global partnerships uh, with, with the Indian startups.
1: Thank you, and and just to once again build on that, what motivated you to offer your support, uh, leadership, and guidance to the CII National Startup Council?
0: Look, um, I started with zero, absolute Mm -hmm. zero, 17 years ago, I had nothing like just literally, I was working at Microsoft in the US and they applied for my H1B visa, which got rejected. So I was asked to leave the US. And I came back and started uh, my company. And, you know, whatever me and my co founder had savings, a few lakh rupees from having worked for one year, respectively, in in some companies, we invested 100% of that into our business. So literally, we started with zero and everything we have all the accolades um, uh, you know all the all the goodwill all the employment we've been able to create all the founders we've been able to help with capital and uh, mentorship and network we have only to thank the and india thank our country and thank the startup ecosystem so um, i feel it is also hence our responsibility to support the next generation of founders um, and ensure that the startup ecosystem keeps going from strength to strength. Also it's, one feels like helping when you also know that the government is very receptive. Because if you feel that, um, uh, you know, your efforts will be, uh, and your suggestions will be heard, will be acted upon, um, and, and you will see the results of that, you it motivates you further to to uh to partake in in you know promoting the startup ecosystem and promoting the voice of the startup ecosystem and that's primarily the reason i took took on this role and i feel that we've done some good work but there's still a lot of work left to be done and there'll always be work left to be done um uh in through through this uh through this council
1: As i are closing up the discussion today we're coming to the end so again to kind of pan out to a broad question um most startups face existential challenges of course several times in their journey um some succeed uh, you know those ones we hear about a lot of them flounder many fail um what is your advice though to young startups to improve the chances of success
0: look um, it's uh, it's hard to codify these things because there are many um, moving parts The quality of the team the quality of the business the quality of the market uh, the ability to generate unit economics etc etc there's just so many so many parameters and a lot of serendipity and luck also that go into ensure making someone a success or not and so it's very hard to codify if i could codify i think we would have uh, even more successes in titan capital and more founders would succeed overall But if I were to reflect on my own journey, as well as the patterns I've seen in the many hundreds of companies I've invested in, is the value of focus. Uh, Too many founders in the early days get carried away away with pursuing multiple ideas at the same time in the same startup, um, or having multiple teams pursue multiple ideas. That can be incredibly distracting because in the early days, you have only a finite amount of resources. And all those resources, must be channelized and laser focused on one problem that you've picked. That ensures you keep your cost structures low. It ensures you're constantly, 24 seven, thinking about solving that problem really, really well. And and if you do it for a long period of time, chances are you will get excellent at solving that problem, better than anyone else or better than most people. And and so just having this focus and discipline in the early days is very important. Once you've been able to say, build one successful business, you'll have the right to do more. But until then, it's very important to continue to be very, very focused on one problem statement. And thereafter, um, you know, focus on the economics of that business and and ensure that you build an incredible culture. And people often think, founders think that culture is something I have to worry about when I have, you know, 100 employees or 1,000 employees. Culture starts even at the level of only when there are two co-founders or two or more co-founders in a company. So I would say focus on one problem statement, um, you know, discipline around economics of the business and and, uh, an appreciation for the fact that you have to lead by example as founders in setting the right tone for the culture of the company are the primary things that the founders keep in mind in the early days. I, I do expect the chances of success to go up.
1: Thank you. I think that was really great advice. And on that note, um, we'll end the podcast discussion for today. Uh, thank you, Kunal. That was, uh, I think that was very insightful. We covered a lot of ground. Uh, thank you for making time for us. Uh, thank you for joining us on the CII podcast. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Jant. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to CII podcasts.